0: Hello, and welcome back to The Hit Show. My name is Danny Russell. I am the managing editor at DrazeBay.com, and we are continuing our journey through the round one results of our bracketology, our greatest slash most beloved race players of all time. And joining me on the pod are Darby Robinson. Hello, Darby. Hello, Danny. And our Nostradamus himself, Brett Phillips. Hello, Brett.
1: Always great to be back. Hey, guys.
0: My goodness. I am so excited to go into the two uh, sides of the bracket that we have today to uh, prep for you, the audience. We are going into the Neander region. We are becoming Neanderthals together as we visit <laughs> the far distant past of the current era of Ray's players. That's right. It is the 2014 into 2020 region uh, named for Eric Neander uh, for the, both the players he inherited as GM and the ones he's brought to the team as GM. So that'll be really fun to dig into because it's the players on the field right now. And then after the break, we will dive into the folk heroes, which is running the full gamut of devil race slash race history and getting into any player who is notable but didn't make the previous three sections of the bracket so Mm -hmm. let's begin number one seed kevin kiermeyer brett who did kevin kiermeyer have to face in our 16 so, players yeah
1: the unlucky person that kevin kiermeyer ended up facing was the uh the winner of our uh vote in bracket on the twitter poll it was between brad boxberger joey wendell travis Darno, and ryan yarborough and out of those four travis Darno, my no. favorite of the four yes travis dar, travis dar- yes won with 38 percent of the fan vote uh between all four of those people Um, but I'm sad to say, I'm not that sad to say, that Travis Darno was not able to make a uh, UMBC-style comeback and be the number one seed in this bracket. The number one seed, Kevin Kiermeyer handily took over Travis Darno. However, I said in the previous episode that I thought that Kevin Kiermeyer would be the weakest one seed of this bracket, that he would have the smallest vote margin between the four uh, number one seeds, and that was not the case. Hmm. That was not the case, and we'll get into who that was in uh, later in the, uh, in the episode. But yeah, Kevin Kiermeyer takes this one with 87% of the vote.
0: Uh, Darby, why was Travis Darno the wrong choice for the 16th seed? <laughs> yeah.
2: I think my voice has been pretty well heard that I think... We had a couple of good options there. I think Yarbrough was my choice, obviously. Um, I don't know if he would have gotten better than D'Arno's results it seemed like D'Arno did pretty well considering he had just a half a year with the rays um, yeah i definitely look at a Kiermaier as like the potential one guy that maybe unfairly was the maybe potential you, you know university of virginia the the seed that could go down but you know he held on the 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 walking web gem that is kevin kiermaier rightfully Moves on, and I, I don't think anybody that was in the 16 seed was really going to do much better. I, I think Yarbrough should have had the right to get a, uh trounced here, but we ended up seeding him higher later. So,
1: yeah, know, y'all like, ended up seeding Yarbro much higher than the 16 seed. And yeah, let's a let's a just embrace chance. the
0: fact that we did not accept Yarbrough getting voted out. So we put him in the next bracket, and he still lost. All right, that's <laughs> just a spoiler <laughs> alert. That's just <laughs> a spoiler <laughs> alert. Really?
1: Kevin Kueber, no, did you no just call sense. him? A- no, walking
0: web gem? I think what you mean to say is uh, flying, soaring, kimear, uh, getting air. You know, I think at the flying web gem, I also would have accepted uh, rolling on the ground, slightly injured web gem. How uh, oh, acceptable. Wow. Uh, Kevin Kiermaier does not take a walk. Let's move on. Yeah, Kevin I think Kiermaier, we should on. <laughs> in uh, the round of 32, Very Kevin fair. Kiermaier will be facing the winner, of the eight nine seed one verse 16 faces eight verse nine in the next seed. so who were our eight and nine seeded players
1: our eight seed was austin meadows and our nine seed was logan foresight
0: that's not true guys that's not true did
1: did i mix that up oh you're right i mixed that up i did mix that up uh logan foresight is the eighth seed austin meadows is the number nine seed doesn't matter they end up playing each other no matter what um, but what does matter in this context is that Austin Meadows, the number nine seed, ended up upsetting Logan Forsythe, the eight seed, by a pretty wide margin. Like a blowout. very a, a true, true blowout. Such a blowout that it makes me wonder if we seeded these two players correctly. And after a lot of soul searching and looking at these numbers and these stats, I have come to the conclusion that, yes, I think we did seed these players correctly. Ooh. Ooh. I truly, truly do. I was very, very surprised by this blowout. Um, again, I think it comes down to a, a good bit of recency bias on the part of the, on the voters because Logan Forsythe, it's hard to remember how good of a player he was for the Rays for the three seasons that he was here for. Over the three seasons he was here for the Rays, he had 6.8 uh, war uh, by going by Fangraph's war, which is the only war that we go by in this household. Uh, and in 2015, he had 4.1. Austin Meadows last year performed amazingly, was, was very great, but did not reach the level of 4.1 war that Logan Forsythe did in this 2015 season. He did not hit Logan Forsythe's peak is what I'm trying to say. And that's...
0: But, w- but that was he- Frosty, as mm. Logan Forsythe was well, nicknamed, was Frosty an all-star?
1: You win your All-Stars, man. Look, I'm you, here to tell you, I think
0: it for you. matters. I think You're when, the, the, general one public, when has- the general public looks at the names on the roster, they look at them, and things like All-Stars matter because a national presence, that elevator presence, casual fans tune in
2: when... I, I think there's an agreement. I agree in a, a way, only if you've earned the All-Star status. So I think with Meadows that that is where where I think Danny you do have a good point is that Meadows did absolutely emerge as like a guy that was this sort of big figure you know he was a a, a person that had that sort of star level performance early on i think when it comes to all star appearances this is where i don't really i don't really put much stock in it because the way mlb works is every team gets a participant. Well, that's why Lance
0: Carter didn't get a, an appearance in the bracket. And I, I, right. I appreciate that. And I lost that argument. But I'm here to say that um, between the two, Austin Meadows is in a household name and Logan Forsyth, I'm not sure is.
1: And I think I, part I of that too is, is the fact that like, Logan Forsyth was good for the Rays during that period of time when they were not particularly mm-hmm. very good. Um, we have certainly talked about this we've had this discussion about like Desmond Jennings and Jason Bartlett two mm-hmm. similar players very similar sort of matchup in this case I was again surprised my impression of Logan Forsyth you know just as, as a fan isn't someone who's like that great of a player but going back and looking at how he actually performed he did perform very very well for the team for a good bit and he was positionally very flexible he mm-hmm. could like play second base and shortstop and first base he was that sort of like I don't want to evoke like Ben Zobrist in this case but he was like a Zobrist type utility player who could play wherever Joe Madden wanted him to play and it's a shame I, I it's a shame to me that Logan Forsyth didn't get the kind of recognition that I feel like he deserves not to take anything within away from Austin Meadows because Austin Meadows of course is a fantastic player and will be a good piece for the race for a long time still though it would have been nice to give a little bit of uh, love to Frosty
2: so I will say this about you, you touch on a point that I think we are seeing in the in the bracket, where I actually think you're right. I think we seeded him correctly. I think Forsythe, because he had a higher peak than Meadows' year and had more good years than Meadows has had so far. Obviously, it's been one year for the for the Rays. I think giving him that eight seed over Meadows, I think, is the type of tip of the cap that Forsythe does deserve. However, I actually don't disagree with this result in terms of Meadows. Kind of blowing it out because I think we've seen in this bracket the best players from the time that wasn't that great or remembered that fondly versus right now, the last two years, those players are remembered very fondly. And we're going to see it throughout this bracket on this on this first half of the show. These guys are very beloved and for good reason because this team is really fun. Last year's team and this year's team and 2020's team is really really fun and that is showing up huge compared to the not as exciting results of the kind of later days of the longo Rays prime well
0: being a good player on a good team will take you far and so it'll be interesting to see one seed Kiermeyer versus nine seed austin meadows i feel like Mm -hmm. austin meadows might put up a pretty big fight against KK. And I think that has a lot to do with offense. And -hmm. I think that has a lot to do with performing well in 2019. And I think that recency bias might carry him, but we, we shall see.
1: Uh, And just as a side note, before we move off of uh, Logan Forsyth's pitiful pitiful performance against Austin Meadows, I just wanted to point out that Meadows got 83.6% of the votes in this case, which was more percent of the votes than David Price got in his oh. matchup, oh, and was almost greater than the 85% that number three seed in the Devil Rays bracket Wade Boggs oh. got.
0: Oh, like man. He
1: almost, Meadows almost overtook Boggs and did overtake Ray's great David Price in the vote margin, which, again, baffles me, but he moves on.
0: Astounding. Well... Let's move on. The next one, the next one, uh, five versus 12 in the Neander region. Who was it?
1: We've got Charlie Morton as the number five seed and Corey Dickerson as the number 12 seed. All-star v. All-star. All-star v. All-star. Again, the five seed in March Madness relative to the seed ranking, like statistically is more likely to be upset by the number 12 seed. And once again, this did not happen. Charlie Morton ended up winning with 87% of the vote and basically destroying Corey Dickerson. This and is that, sure one of the examples of
2: really fun on the new team that's good versus yeah, pretty good on a team that was meh. And that's, and that's kind of the difference right there. Corey Dickerson, good, actually earned his all-star mm-hmm. appearance for sure. But that was a you know 80-win team. Home run derby. Good. He wasn't great. It was. It was. You see, like a very different thing. And with Charlie Morton, we we did sort of dive into this a little bit. Charlie Morton had last year the very best season statistically of any race starting pitcher, any one single season. This was the best year. This is better than David Price's Cy Young year. This was better than Blake Snell's Cy Young year. This was better than James Shields' epic complete game bonanza year and that's kind of hard to imagine he was really good but he was really 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 good when you look in into the numbers placed third in the Cy
0: Young too just outrageous but still a Cy Young finalist and uh I don't think any of us are upset with Charlie Morton winning this one right
1: not at all no that was the right choice okay as much as I want to see a five seed lose to a 12 seed I didn't want to see this happen here so the right. question now remains is who will Charlie Morton end up playing in the next round? And so we've got the four versus the 13 seed. Those, that's the next matchup we're looking at. The four seed was Willie Adamas, and the 13 seed was Alex Colome. Derby, I know how much you I know how much you love relievers in these in these brackets. I know how important relievers are to your baseball fandom, but unfortunately I gotta tell you that Willie Adamas, one of the most I would say beloved players in the race currently ended up winning this one with ninety point nine percent of the votes, (laughs) astronomical.
2: I love, I love this result. (laughs) I knew he was going to win, but I love that it was a ninety percenter win. That was a no doubter. Yeah, Willie. I mean, he. This is going to be such a fun matchup in the next round. Willie is when it talks beloved, like he's already becoming one of the most exciting and fun players to follow on social media, to see in the dugout, the, the, the celebrations. And again, he just already has a now all-time career highlight from the playoffs with the finishing off the relay, which even KK says that was the hardest part of that entire play was what Willie did, catching that Kiermaier bullet and then getting it home to get Altuve. I mean, I'll... The Adamus legend here with the Rays is just beginning, and he already has such a great all-time highlight.
1: Watching that play live was one of the coolest moments as a Rays fan in the past five years for me. It was fantastic.
0: And if you have not seen it, listener, the Rays' Twitter account dropped a video of all the players involved, Yarbrough, Kiermaier, Adamus, and more, reliving the uh, replay then. It's definitely worth your time
1: you got to watch it if you haven't
0: all right next all right. round Adamus versus borton we'll see what happens
1: we'll see that's a that's an interesting matchup uh but the matchup that we're going to be looking at right now is the 6 versus the 11 seed the 6th seed in this case was tommy Pham, uh the dearly departed tommy Pham. to the best uh, hitter Pot best race.
0: hitter on the 2019 playoff race
1: yeah that's Bar that's none. basically that that's that's kind of what i Want to say about this matchup? Anyway, the 11th seed in this case was Tyler Glassnow, and in the closest matchup in this region by percentage of votes, Tyler Glassnow wins this matchup. The 11th seed upsetting the 6th seed with 56.1 percent of the vote. Guys, I gotta say, I think the fans got this one wrong. Well,
0: so here I think the real uh, incorrect placement is us putting Tyler Glass now in an 11 seed. And now we did that partially because he didn't play a full season. And then uh, he had a poor result in the playoffs in the winner take all game five. And so I think that might've moved him a little bit further down our rankings. But at, when I look at what came to pass and I think about Tyler Glass now as the 11, I start considering could Tyler Glass now have won even closer matchups. And here's what I mean by that. The 10 seed, if he was the 10 seed, he would have faced number seven. And number seven was Steven Sousa Jr. Hypothetically, does Glassnow win against Sousa? I think I think there's a case that he might have. And then I, I think move he does. up. I move up and I think if he was the nine seed and he faced Logan Forth- Forsyth, does Glassnow win against Forsyth? I yes. I think so handily. Mm. And so now I'm like, man, mm-hmm. did we miss seed Tyler Glassnow?
2: That luxurious hair, Did, I think, I think we, we messed it up. I, th- I think you're right, I think you're right. I think, you know what, it takes three very big, handsome men to admit when they're wrong, and this <laughs> is that time. Uh, no, I, I do think, I think you're right. I think we, we were a little too cautious with the recency, and yet, then again, we threw in Travis Darno, so it's like, I guess it doesn't really matter. Tyler Glass now, very quickly, very quickly <laughs> last last shot at poor, poor Trav. is in the next bracket. Mr. He's Met- in the next. He won. Travis <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Glass now, I will say, very quickly has emerged as one of the most exciting Rays players. He has Cy Young stuff. Perennial Cy Young stuff. Yes. He was the centerpiece of a huge trade, maybe the next biggest trade since the like Delman Young deal in terms of importance, you know, taking a, a big time piece and then needing that to be the hit that will lead you to the next, you know, 10 years. He also brings this really amazing intensity and it's interesting the matchup between Fan because two of the most intense competitors uh, mm-hmm. that are on the most recent Rays team, I mean, you, like he has highlights. I've just seen now in the dugout physically hurting watching you know the relievers try to get out of an of a mistake that he maybe mm-hmm. put them into mm-hmm. and he doesn't check out he doesn't leave the game yeah th- this is a guy he you know there there are scenes of him crying and it's stuff and it's like this is a guy who you know pe- people talk a lot about like you know oh i want to see some intensity or whatever and i think a lot of times that's kind of overblown but in that situation it is kind of neat to see like a pitcher that's so committed he isn't committed about like ah my era whatever it was I messed up. I didn't get out of this inning. Now I really want this. I need this out. I don't want to leave that. And that intensity, I think, does play well with the fans. I think it's an interesting matchup between Fam and Glasnow, And I think it's maybe has a lot to do with Glasnow is still here. There's still there's that idea sure. of what could be versus, yeah. you know, Fam older, he's now traded, but also like towards the end of the season, he was playing injured, and we didn't get to see. The first half of the season, fam, or even the the post trade fam, and if maybe a fam ends the season fully healthy, Mm -hmm. and we see that fam, maybe that's a difference. But with Glass now, I mean, you saw just amazing perfection. You then saw in the postseason maybe tipping pitches, maybe the Astros doing some Astros shenanigans. You see so much more from Glass now, and I think the fans really liked him. But I, I agree with Danny. I think we might have undersold Tyler. Well, you
1: know, and I think too that Tommy Pham he had some comments about attendance that, like, I would argue were misunderstood by the general Rays fan base. But anytime you talk about attendance with the Rays fan base, who I, I, I mean, I get it, man. I, I totally get it. But you, it's it's you it's it's a narrow bridge to walk on, and it's already a Ricky one to begin with. So. I feel like a lot of the comments when I was, like, promoting this voting and, and trying to say, like, hey, is this the result that you all want? A lot of people were saying, no, I'm not that big of a fan. I think mm. I'm a fan of Fam. I think he's kind of a jerk. I think he has a style of, of uh, interviewing and a style of, of play that I'm not really a fan of, which is a shame because Fam's hard-nosed style of, of playing baseball and his love for the game and the fact that he worked so, so hard at the game – Pulled himself up by his bootstraps and it was such like a hard competitor. So one of the reasons why I like personally voted for Tommy Pham. That's it's uh, I get why it's Glass It's tough. Is popular.
0: It's tough. You you don't want to make any negative connections with why uh, perhaps Pham would have suffered in this matchup, but mm-hmm. y- you do have to wonder about the biases that come with, uh, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. And, and, and again, it's, it's, it's a tricky thing. and well, I think So why Van walk around it? Why, why- why I around
0: it? why uh, tiptoe around it? Tommy Pham was the only player who grew up with the experience of being black in America. That was on the Rays last season. Uh, he played his heart out. He did not really talk to the media at all. That's his prerogative. Uh, and honestly, if you tried to talk to him, it came across like you were having a conversation with Bill Belichick. <laughs> very similar interview, if we're being honest, right? He'll give you a very thoughtful, very specific answer. And it'll come across like a little bit of a douchebag. And we loved Tommy Fam <laughs> for it. But I do wonder, what is there any bias wrapped up in the casual observer? I cannot claim it to be true. I just hope it did not play a role in any way, shape, or form. Credit to Tyler Glass now. I do think we need to put one more thing in his favor before we move on is he is the closest thing that we might have right now to a team captain. And here's what I mean by that. He is the player's rep for the player's union. Every single team designates a player to be the representative from the union on the team. And it's the de facto role. Of if you're not the team captain, maybe you're like a vice captain if you're into those soccer kind of uh, leadership roles in a clubhouse. Tyler Glassnow is an important presence among the players. No one dislikes Tyler Glassnow in the Rays clubhouse. No one dislikes him in the fan base. He is just going to be perennially popular, even if Fam rubs people the wrong way. Comparing, oh by the way, in that interview, comparing MLB fans to Dominican fans was the <laughs> was the prompt for that question. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, we let, let's let move on. Tyler Glassnow, hard fought and good win. It was a close win. And uh, perhaps we misseated. Tommy Fam deserved to make it to the final four as, uh, as far as I'm concerned. So uh, slightly disappointing he doesn't move on. But Tyler Glassnow, happy to see him there. Who will Glassnow be facing in the next round, Brett?
1: So we've got the three seed and the 14 seed. We've got Blake Snell as the three seed versus Wilson Ramos as the 14. And Tyler Glassnow will be facing one of his starting pitching brethren in Blake Snell, who ended up with the highest vote margin of this particular uh, region. 93.2% of people voted for Blake Snell. This I don't think this bodes any more discussion, really. Blake Snell is very So here's
0: the discussion then so Cy Young winner Blake Snell how will he fare against Tyler Glass now when Glass now is well liked and Snell has been potentially rubbing some people the wrong way this offseason by being very off the cuff on his twitch live streams playing video games speaking very candidly about whether or not he thinks it's even Mm -hmm. worth playing this season speaking very Mm -hmm. candidly just in the way that he typically speaks Sure. which uh, some people uh, are rubbed the wrong way by. By some people, I mean maybe our boomers. Uh, <laughs> our
1: boomers.
0: I don't know how many boomers are listening to the Our pod. baseball boomers. But our baseball boomers don't necessarily like the way uh, Blake Snell talks.
2: And that is, the, that is the baseball demographic, really. So potentially people that have very strong opinions about baseball will be voting. Now, <laughs> are
0: boomers <laughs> voting in our Twitter poll? Who
2: knows? I, I don't know. But we'll see. I, Snell's awesome. Uh, he's really, I love the candidness. I love the fact that he shoots from the hip. I, I'm, yeah. I just want real. I want honesty. So you know what? If it's going to be like completely like, oh man, he's going to get in trouble for that. I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't hide that stuff. So yeah, Snell versus Glassman is going to be fascinating because that's two of the best young pitchers in baseball. Yeah. The Braves have both of them. I'm excited. I think Snell's gonna be the favorite, but you know what? Maybe after after what uh, Glasnow did to to Fam, mm-hmm. I think I think that could be closer than than we think. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited to see that. To, our I would final love to see two match-ups,
0: matchups, our final two matchups from this bracket that we need to discuss, are not surprising results, but how we got there is pretty surprising. So let's talk about the first one, Brett.
1: So, Steven Sousa Jr. versus Jake Odorizzi composed the 7 and the 10 seed, respectively, in our second-to-last matchup in the Neander bracket. And Steven Sousa Jr. took this one with 65.4% of the vote, N- pretty narrowly beating out Jake Odorizzi in this one. You uh, expected of a, a blowout,
0: right? Yeah, I would have.
1: A little bit more, yeah, a little bit more than this. I'm, I'm a little surprised. I thought that Steven Sousa Jr.'s personality and his sort of funkiness would get him a few more votes than Jake Odorizzi, who people started to sour on towards the end of his base uh, race career. But it didn't turn out that way.
2: I think this might be a, a situation of where, whereas Odorizzi is not an exciting pitcher to watch in really any stretch. And I don't think necessarily people are like, yay, Odorizzi, great start. Love that five innings. Um, <laughs> With Souza, there was also a lot of disappointment of just the Trey Turner trade, unfairly, he, he's criticized for that, I, and wanting him to be better than he was, and he did perform great his last year, and then unfortunately injuries have really derailed him, so I think his, maybe his propensity to strike out, uh, a lot of that stuff, I think some people I think, really loved him, I loved Steven Souza, this is an easy vote for me, but... I could see maybe people being like, I was always disappointed by what he could have been. And that's where the vote went to Odorizzi. Um, but maybe mm-hmm. there's a lot of huge fans of Jake Odorizzi. I don't know. A credit to
0: both Souza and Fam, who we discussed uh, a minute ago, is that their trades came as surprises. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For the Rays fan to see that player get traded, right. it was to say, Wow, that's one of the better players on our team. And they were at an affordable rate and I can't believe they're gone because they were so beloved. Right. The front office mm-hmm. has no mercy
2: with this one, so to speak. No. Uh it that was, was true for Fam in the first bracket, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. True. For... I, I maybe our our temperature uh taking of beloved is off, but it could know. be yeah. You know, it's our
0: own version. It's our bracket. So I think we get to have our own take. Uh, but, yeah. And oh let me uh, hope I don't get in trouble for sharing this. But so beloved was Sousa, the Rays had planned one of those uh, hug dolls. You know what I'm talking about? Like you'll see them in like a monkey or whatever with the Velcro hands mm-hmm. that can hug onto something. There was a whole Sousa giveaway that had been planned and manufactured that the Rays had to scrap at the 11th hour. Oh. when he got traded that's how beloved Sousa was it was an early just after opening day giveaway they had planned around a player you don't plan around those players unless they are both popular and here to stay Souza right. was beloved and I think again he misses out by not being part of the best version of this region in terms of the teams that he played yeah. on okay one more
1: One more, last one, maybe the most surprising one in this match in this bracket. Uh we've got the two seed versus the fifteen seed. We've got Chris Archer versus Brandon Lau. Guys, I'm blown away with how close this matchup ended. I
0: can't believe it. I can't believe it.
1: Chris Archer Chris Archer wins. Let me throw that out there. Chris Archer wins, but it was one of the closest uh results in this entire bracket. Chris Archer wins with 56.5% of the vote. The two seed, Chris Archer, at one point the face of the Rays franchise, arguably. The yeah. best pitcher on the roster. Mm-hmm. Barely, barely edges out Brandon Lau, the, the rookie, the good player, but the very, very new player. Chris Archer barely takes this one. What do you guys think of this?
0: All-star Brandon Lau.
1: Ugh.
2: Uh, yes all-star um this is this is i think again i think this is on potentially us for really underselling the current roster that is incredibly fun incredibly dynamic incredibly exciting and we underseeded them and we almost cost chris archer his first round matchup which it shouldn't have been this close but i do think this is you know chris archer I think he had some starts, especially later in his raised career that were pretty frustrating. That was mm. just, just not quite there. But I actually want to think this is more of a Brandon Lau vote than a anti-Chris Archer vote. And mm. I think it's because Lau is an incredibly easy to root for person. Um, his wife is the best softball player on the Rays' Wives team. And because of her, we're going to win every Rays' Wives versus Twins' Wives. Oh my God, Yeah, Forever, forever. <laughs> There's no chance. Get out of there. Mads Lowe, best power hitter on the Rays. She makes um, some good cookies too. Brandon Lau is a guy that looks not like a professional athlete if you were to see him in Wait. street clothes. However, I mean,
0: so the day I was in the clubhouse, the day he was promoted, and can I tell you, I walked up and started talking to him, not realizing he was a raised baseball player. <laughs> all right, because the Brandon Lau report was like six foot one eighty five or something like that, and mm-hmm. Brandon Lau, as you know well by now, is five nine one eighty five right it's <laughs> with platform it's, shoes it's uh <laughs> I mean Brandon Lau. I I appreciate that he is you know a normal person's size, uh, thumping 500 foot home runs like he's Austin Meadows. Like that's brilliant. That's fantastic. And there's that little bit of that underdog flair that comes with him just performing outrageously well. But he also played less than a season. I know he was an all star. Sure. But he didn't even finish the year. And we're talking about nearly beating out the face the face no question the face of the Tampa Bay Rays just blows my mind it is
2: astounding
1: it is and maybe
2: it it was close it came close but I will say like this is a guy who maybe three years ago it'd be crazy to think that he got just close but in 2018 he he kind of gets his 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 cup of coffee he performed incredibly well gets a basically almost a full win uh, on, uh, you know. A cup of coffee, yeah. Yeah, about 150 at-bats sure. or so. Um, showcases a lot more power than people thought. Then this last year has a really great campaign mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. well-earned, all, you know, well-earned all-star performance and then kind of moves on. So I think there is a lot of, man, what we've seen of Brandon Lau is nothing but good. and yeah. And sometimes if you play a lot, maybe you see the bad and you remember the bad, but if you only play a little bit and you only see good, it makes yep. you remember the good.
1: And it's the fourth match too we we've had now uh, where the people, uh, the voters are really favoring players who are still on the team right now, right? We've got Meadows over Forsyth. We've got Glasnow over Fam, who was traded. We've got Sue, uh, well, we don't have Sue's over Rizzy, but it's the third one in this case. It, it, it's, I think that folks are really prioritizing players who are still with the team right, right. now. And that's something Snow, that maybe we Glass, didn't take Snow, into account.
0: Adamas, Morton, Meadows, mm-hmm. Kiermaier are all winners of current players. And so Brandon Lau having a strong show against Archer is to be applauded.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. We'll see how Archer and Souza duke it out in the next round. Sorry, Brandon Lau. And when we come back, we'll dive into the folk heroes. And we're back. All right, boys, let's dive in to the Folk Heroes. I'm so excited about this. We had the Don Zimmer Honorary Region of the Bracket, the members of the Rays, uh, Jersey members, I should say. So we're not talking about Tom Foley, right? We need uh, players who took the field, Folk Heroes, who represent the beloved nature of being a Rays player. So, Brett, start us out with the number one seed. Who was Dan Johnson, the Great Pumpkin, facing?
1: Dan Johnson uh, was facing the number 16 seed that was decided by our vote in bracket, of course.
0: Esteban uh, We
1: had Ch- Esteban number one with a bullet. We had Will Myers, Ryan Stanek, and Chaz Rowe. And to the chagrin of the three of us who uh-huh. wanted to talk about Esteban Yan in every episode of this podcast.
0: Uh-huh. And we Esteban will. Esteban
1: Yan did not win. We, no. we, Yeah, we will. But he, not because he's on the bracket, because Will Myers took 42% of the vote and was given the honor of being sacrificed to the great pumpkin, Dan Johnson, who won the matchup, but with 82% of the vote. Which is the lowest vote margin of any of our number one seeds?
2: Not strong shocking. enough. Truly Not strong
1: shocking. enough. No. Very shocking. I was, I was blown away.
2: This this both the 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 both the sixteen seed result and the dan- the one verse sixteen result both really surprised me, and it makes me think that like at this point I probably am wrong here because is Will Myers super popular amongst Rays fans? You know, uh, ladies love Will Myers, and I think it has to do with the
0: hair.
1: Who knew how far terrible hair could take you?
0: It, it's hair and Motley Crue as your walk-up song, kick-starting the heart. It's very <laughs> and strange. The, no,
1: the no batting gloves. The no batting gloves was also pretty cool. That was Let's cool. Not, I liked.
2: I liked the the bat toss. The kind of not really flip, but like kind of just lazy little toss. It's strange because Will Myers kind of represents everything you'd think of as like somebody that would do really poorly on this bracket, which is one, not a current Ray, two, a part of not great Ray's teams, not the, you know, he's not in the not like kind of mediocrity section, mediocrity, like 500, that's really good in baseball, but the not not perennial playoff contender, so he's on the last little bit of it, the one bit of playoffs he was in, he had a completely amazing error that sort of redefined his Ray's career. In Boston and yeah. and he underperformed the lofty expectations. That's like the he, he like that's the triple crown of what you expect to be a guy that would do terribly in a fan vote. Mm-hmm. But but he didn't.
1: The so former rookie of the I, hold, year. Holding his own. Holding his own against Dan Johnson. The person who I would have put money on to win the entire bracket. That was my bet. But if I had if I were a betting man, and I am. I would have put money on Dan Johnson winning the entire bracket. I still ha- would have that money because he's certainly still in the bracket. But I'm, his- I'm, I'm almost his taking his relatively...
2: and trying to bet on something else now. I, I'm,
1: <laughs> I'm a little yeah, nervous. You're hedging. The, yeah, Darby is hedging. Now, hedging yeah. my bets. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but anyway, so Dan Johnson uh, takes this one uh, with a smaller vote margin that you would expect, but you still no. advance. No. He moves and advance. on,
0: but no, I'm now starting to wonder does Dan Johnson make it to the elite eight? I'm just starting to look ahead in the, in this bracket and I'm wondering how far Dan Johnson mm-hmm. will go. And this little bit of weakness being shown in the first round, this round is of uh, 62. I, mm-hmm. or 64 rather moving on to
1: 32. It doesn't I'm, bode well for Dan Joe.
0: You, you know what I'm trying to say. All right. Moving sure. on. Who will Dan Johnson face though in the next round?
1: Well, I know you guys, you two specifically, and maybe only you two, are excited at least about the results of this next uh, matchup. And
2: 47% of others. <laughs> and 47% of others, damn it.
1: Up. You gotta let me build up my
0: great, uh, my, my performance. No, we're up. too or, mad. No, this travesty you. cannot stand.
2: <laughs> so That's it, putting him as the number one seed. He's back
1: in. <laughs> uh, that, I'm not surprised. That would be something y'all would do, I think, but anyway. JP Howell faced Ryan Yarborough, the eight and the nine seed, respectively, and in the closest matchup, the closest matchup, so close, agonizingly close, painfully close, JP Howell takes it away from Ryan Yarborough. The player who lost the fan vote and then was reseeded at a much higher level. He still lost. <laughs> An
0: aggressively to higher J.P. level. We took Ryan Yarbrough from a 16th seed up level,
1: to a 9th. So ridiculous that I was blown away. Truly insane. And even then, he still lost agonizingly to the Iceman JP Howell.
0: I'm so embarrassed. I
1: know you guys pretend to not care, but it, it truly is.
0: Embarrassing. No, I'm. I'm trying to. I'm trying to <laughs> let the color show. It's embarrassing. We, <laughs>
2: here is the. Do you thing. guys want to receive? me why did we seed we we Ryan see Yarborough as a nine <laughs> for him to lose? I regret nothing. <laughs> I regret nothing. He <laughs> belongs in this seat. Now, I will say this about JP Howell. This was a matchup that is like a really tough one for me because I really like JP Howell, and I actually thought he should have been in the Rays Prime bracket but didn't get in there. So it was one of these interesting things where this is a battle of two guys that I think we couldn't figure out a way to put in higher, but we probably should have. And then in this one, they both get a very high seed. They face off against each other. And there's clearly a lot of love for both of these guys. It was a, almost a 50-50 split. Here's the thing with J.P. Howell. When it comes to that new versus old, this is J.P. Howell, a part of the best-raised teams, the World Series team, the, the prime team, versus the now. This is a really exciting matchup, and it turned out to be pretty close. Howell is a super fun player, super beloved player. I, you know, it's a close
1: matchup. That's what happens. Yeah. Eight and nine, always exciting. It was really exciting. It was a really, really good matchup, and again, it was one of the more exciting ones. And uh, I, I think it's just, you know, like you said, it, it's it's fun when you've got a player like J.P. Howell who was on a good race team for a while. I think that's going to make you want to – that's what, in part, what sort of doomed Logan Forsythe. Uh, that's in part what doomed Corey Dickerson, among other things. I think that's a, that's a big part of it. How good is the team that you're playing on? And I think a lot of people, that might have been the difference between this 53-47% split.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think Dan Johnson will be able to handle J.P. Howell in the next round. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. I think Dan Johnson will survive. We will see when the public votes. But I do think Dan Johnson will be uh, up for a tall challenge. When I really think about and have seen how this voting works, whoever wins the next round, the, this other side of this side of the bracket, Uh, Dan Johnson will go on to face the winner of one of the next two winners we discuss. And either one of them will be a tall order for Dan Johnson. So let's get to it.
1: So this next matchup was the five and the 12 seed. My favorite, again, my favorite two numbers uh, when it comes to these seeding, Mm -hmm. and arguably depending on who you talk to, there's a, there's a subsection of the race fan base that would consider this to be perhaps the hardest matchup in the folk heroes bracket. We've got, at our number five seed, we've got Sam Fold. Uh Uh-huh. And our number 12 seed, we've got Andy Sonnenstein. I
0: expected Fold to run away with this.
1: You did. So that's, I I think that's fair. And Sam Fold, in fact, did run away with it. With 79.3% of the vote. But Andy Sonnenstein is so, I just, he's so well-liked among a very, clearly a very small percentage of race fans. (laughs) But so well-liked that I, pictured this being closer than it ended up being i still voted for sam fold i think he's the right choice but i imagine this being closer to a 60 40 spread than the almost 80 20 spread that it ended up being
2: i think super sam is just too tough to you know when it comes down to it i I love andy Sonnenstein. he is kind of a folk hero to me but sam fold's like it checks every box did
0: andy Sonnenstein ever have an in-stadium giveaway I don't think so. Sam Fold had like multiple. Jeff Beeman had an
1: in stadium giveaway though. So, I mean. (laughs) Well, that
0: I know what I'm trying to say is the bar is low. (laughs) And also, (laughs) Sam Fold went viral when the internet was prime for things to go viral. He was the legend. He had a hashtag when hashtags were a new concept. Sam Fold and the internet were a creation meant to be. And it is just no surprise to me that he takes this one. I know. Andy Samenstein hit a home run once, right? But the things that he's remembered for (laughs) are just not – And was
1: a number three player. He was a number three in the lineup at one point and
0: Uh hit a Uh double.
1: Thanks to an error. Made a big mistake. (laughs) It was a pretty big mistake. (laughs) A massive mistake. Sam Fold, though, again, he was so good that he could have gotten a cycle at Fenway Park and instead ran – legged out a double instead of a single – David Price in the post-game interview said that if it were him, he would have slid into first base. <laughs> yeah,
0: right, head first, yeah.
1: Head first into first base. Yeah. But Samfold legged it out and was denied a cycle and instead got something even cooler.
0: I feel like that should be a cycle in the books anyway. Okay.
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Samfold will be facing off against.
1: So we've got the 413 matchup. We've got number four seed, the beloved G-Man Choi facing up against the controversial Jose Molina.
0: I, I still I, can't believe we seeded Jose Molina, if I'm I just being away. honest. I, I love that I, we did I, that. He
1: deserved at least
2: him. this. He deserved at
1: You guys were going to seed him like around like eight or nine at one point, and I was shouting at you to not do that.
0: Listen, we fed Jose saying, Molina you know, to the wolves by putting up against G-Man Choi. Was this the biggest vote yeah. margin on the side of the bracket?
1: This actually was not the biggest vote margin on the side of the bracket. There's one vote margin that was we might say artificially high.
0: Oh, we'll have um, to get to that in a second. But Okay, but this was we'll this was this was an overwhelming victory for G Man Choi, and rightfully so. I know that uh he is Mr. Worldwide when it comes to the Rays roster, at least until uh Yoshitsugo. Uh, gives him a run for his money in that regard but G Choi is without a doubt one of the most popular race players not only between 2019 and 2020 but i would argue dating back through the neander region g manjoy has to yeah. be a top 5 most famous race player
2: and yet this we is made the him a force i safety. would be basically moving my stock my stock, my, my Dan Johnson stock, I might be moving over to G-Man Choi here because, I mean, this is, this is a guy who is just so likable and so, so quickly likable and very good. He's had some, like, huge moments already. Defensively, he's had some amazing plays. He's had huge home runs. I still think about the walk-off home run, down one with two strikes, two outs against Brad Hand. Lefty-lefty, what the heck is happening there? I mean, he is just joy personified. Somehow the concept of joy congealed into a human form, and it's G-Man Choi. Multiple t-shirts, multiple race fan t-shirts have
0: been made in his honor. The fans in the mm-hmm. stadium during the playoffs had a specific singing chant of his name. When is the last time you heard that from mm-hmm. a race player? G-Man Choi got it. G-Man Choi has this fan. If mold, a chant in the postseason and soul,
2: he has multiple yeah. um, uh, like novelty Twitter accounts based on him, I and mean, that's mm-hmm. that's how good. Like that's that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, G-Man. What what we're saying
0: is we could see Choi besting fold four versus five in the next round. Moving Mm -hmm. on to face Dan Johnson, the one seed. If Choi beats Dan Johnson, the one seed, I feel like we could see a four seed going all the way to the final four. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That would be a coup. That would be a coup, but absolutely if there's a four seed in this bracket, who could do it? It's G-Man Choi. No doubt about it. Wow.
0: It's going to be fun. All right. Next one.
1: All right. So, our, our next matchup was the six and 11 seed. So, we did like this sort of fun thing when we seeded this bracket. We basically seeded the 11 seed before we seeded the seven, eight, nine, 10 seed. We wanted to gerrymander the heck out of this bracket, and we did. We successfully did it because these two players sort of share a little bit. They're sort of spiritual twins and cousins to each other. We've got in the sixth seed, we've got Delman Young. And in the 11th seed, we've got Kevin Cash. Now, Kevin Cash, of course, briefly played for the Tampa Bay Rays. Delman Young also played for the Tampa Bay Rays, certainly, but what's more interesting about Delman Young is the fact that he has an extensive trade tree from which the bones of of this franchise in the modern era has sort of been developed. Kevin Cash, his best years weren't as a Rays player, but in fact, as a Rays manager. We've got Young and Cash sort of, atypical choices in the six and eleven seed. They decided to match up against each other. I don't know how that ended up happening. We certainly didn't pick and choose to make it happen. But at the end of the day, Kevin Cash, the eleven seed, takes it away from Delman Young with 78% of the vote. People were not as enamored with the Delman Young trade tree as we were. I'm sorry to D-Race Bay's Adam Sanford, but that's just the facts of the bracket.
0: I think – so we were being a little cheeky by putting Kevin Cash on this bracket at all, right? He's the manager. Mm -hmm. He's a manager who brought the Rays to the playoffs. He's a good manager. So Mm -hmm. although he had a brief appearance with the Rays, he has two World Series rings with the Red Sox and the Yankees. So (laughs) there's there's an argument to be made that as a player he maybe shouldn't be – as beloved similar to another player that we'll get to in a second but again recency bias playoffs i mean we pushed kevin cash. we demanded kevin cash not be in the top 10 of this seating because of how minimal of an impact he had as a race player and yet just blew dillman young out of the water it's astounding
1: yeah yeah, he, he destroyed Del He almost had a three, he had a, over a three to one voting advantage over Del So again, I guess folks just don't care as much about trades as we thought. This <laughs> writers for D-Rays Bay. That's a bummer. But yeah, I guess not, huh?
0: No. Okay. Well, moving on then. Uh, who will Kevin Cash be facing in the next round?
1: So Kevin Cash will be facing the winner of the three and the fourteen seeded matchup. So our three seed was Jose Canseco,
0: the and our fourteen seed and uh, the face of this podcast.
1: Yes, the face of the podcast. If you watch us on, if you click on this podcast on Spotify, you'll see a picture of it. Uh, Sweet Jose Canseco of the hit show facing off against Darby's personal hero. I think, seemingly. Yandy Diaz. Mr. Big now, Guava himself.
0: This was a biceps yes. versus biceps matchup.
1: Yeah, this was intense. The, the, this matchup could bench, like, 500 easy. <laughs> um, yeah, so... So just, as, just to say, before I give the results of this, we had a little bit of, there was a little bit of interference being run by the uh, SB Nation Indians, uh, Indians podcast, Indians uh, website, Let's Go Tribe, who I want to say within 45 seconds of us posting the poll, immediately said, hey, everyone, please, for the love of God, go vote for Yandi Diaz. We need to make Yandi Diaz the most beloved Ray of all time. And... In this particular case, they succeeded easily. The (laughs) thumb was on the
0: scale, for sure.
1: The thumb was on the scale. I thought that's something that we would end up doing, gerrymandering the districts and everything. But no, Let's Go Tribe went ahead and and did it. And Yanni Diaz wins with the biggest vote margin of 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 this this region with 88.4% of people... I want to say Rays fans, but mostly Indians fans. uh, Picking Yandy Diaz and and taking him past Jose Canseco, the three seed.
2: When you look at the votes, this had double the next total of votes. Yes. This was was well, well
0: over 1,100 votes for this one.
2: Yes. 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 Now, Matt Lyons and the rest of Let's Go Tribe definitely love their Yandy Diaz. But here's the thing. This is a Mm -hmm. public poll. This is a poll for most beloved Rays players, and for Cleveland fans, this is very true, that Yandi Diaz is their most beloved Rays fan, or Rays player, and mm-hmm. it was right off the bat, when the Jake Bowers for uh, Yandy Diaz trade came out, it was one of those rare trades where both Cleveland and Tampa Bay fans were both like, no, I hate it, and it turned out that Cleveland was really right about why they really hated yeah. it. Um, it was a trade that I think was very confusing, very shocking. You thought the Bowers was part of this big thing. And so when the Rays go out and trade for a guy and it's not about money at all, it's one of those things where you're like, I can't even see how this saves you money. In fact, they spent an extra 5 million to get this guy. You're like, okay, that means something. That's, got people in baseball to raise their eyebrows and big Yandy
1: Diaz. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry,
0: you got people in baseball to looks... raise
2: their eyebrows? Can I
1: mute Danny? <laughs> Is that possible? <laughs> no, Yandy Diaz,
2: I mean, he looks like he was a huge, like a statue. You created him in a
0: lab. Yeah, like, Yandi Diaz yeah, after a wish. is unfathomable. Yandi Diaz yeah. looks like what Jose Canseco tried to look like.
2: Yeah, <laughs> exactly.
0: Artificial.
1: And I, and, I, and I want to say one thing too about the poll real quick. Before we start talking about like, oh, is this even like a legitimate online Twitter poll anymore? Like what the heck was, we got some interference or whatever. So this this particular matchup got 11 over 1,100 votes, which is about double what the rest of the polls in this particular region had. So 550 more votes than, you know, any given other matchup. If you take out 550 votes, assuming they're all for Yandy Diaz, assuming that they're all Indians, like Indian stands, take out all those votes. Jose Canseco still loses by a good margin. Yandi Diaz would end up with 77% of the votes to Jose Canseco's 23. This was not a matter of people putting their thumb on the scale by any stretch. This was a matter of people voting and voting and Rays fans voting and Indians fans voting for Yandi Diaz.
2: It's also, I think, a sign that we definitely wildly, and I, and I kind of <laughs> felt this originally, wildly under Yandi. We have. Kevin Cash and Jose Molina rated higher. <laughs> what are we doing as race players? Yandy Diaz missed a player.
0: significant amount of time in his first race season, but he did hit a great home run in the postseason. Two, two. two? Excuse me, excuse me. But the one that stood
2: out to me is in the wildcard game. But you know, you hear what I'm saying. He him coming in basically being injured for the whole second half and his yeah. first half was amazing we're yeah. talking a guy that was starting to hit for power he had almost 300 at bats with the with the cleveland indians and he had one home run and mm-hmm. then you look at a picture and then you look at his stat again and he had one home. run. And you look at his picture and it's his biceps are larger than small Volkswagens. it's amazing and you're like one home run what's happening there with the rays suddenly oh there's the home runs they're there Doubles as well. It's all good. It's amazing. And Cleveland fans are losing their mind. Every single week they would just be like flooding the, the, the Twitter, just about like, God, I hate Tito. Why did you do this to me? And so he gets injured, and it's like a it's a huge loss. This is a guy who was like really a huge part of this team. And then he comes back right at the end of the season. All race fans have basically assumed that he is done. He's gone for the season. Great, great rookie year with the Rays, but you know what? It'll be there for next year. He comes back, mostly just to get into the postseason because the Oakland A's are going to throw a lefty. They're going to throw Sean Mania and Yandi Diaz just eats the dreams of left-handed pitching and creates magic, and that's what he did. He came in. He hits two unbelievable home runs that helps to basically sink the Oakland A's in that wildcard game and propel the Rays to their first playoff victory in multiple years. That is why we underseated him. And that is why Jose Canseco did not stand. <laughs> that first two homers in hit, the
1: Same spot. Oh, the same spot. Yeah. Same, they did go to the same place. Seemed, but that first that one, ball.
0: the improbability of that being a successful home run, right? When Yandy Diaz entered the game, I was like, no, this isn't happening, right? He's been hurt for months. Like, this is not how this goes. This is a script to too, too well written. Like, it, it really felt forced, right? And for him to have the success that he had was just so much joy as a race fan. And going back to recency bias, I do wonder uh, how much joy Yandi Diaz brought in the playoffs versus how much pain Jose Canseco inflicts by existing <laughs> on the internet. Uh, similar to Huff. <laughs> <laughs> From a previous bracket, uh, I guess it's not a surprise that Yandy Diaz moved on. Are
1: we are we now duty bound to replace the image of Jose Canseco with a picture of Yandy Diaz for a podcast? Is that now a, is that what we have oh. to do? opposed to that.
0: Oh, I'll look into it.
1: Let's get the Rays to get him a a, a black Devil Rays jersey. Yeah, the-
0: can we get the black yeah. uh, batting practice jerseys back yeah. because yes, that'll will be the deciding factor because those are the best jerseys in Tampa Bay Rays history. Bar none.
1: Emphasis with the microphone.
0: I did lift the microphone for that that moment. (laughs) I just need to make it clear to the audience. There is one raised jersey that is good, and it is the black pullover. Okay, (laughs) moving on.
1: Last two matchups of our bracket. Uh, We've got the number seven seed of Johnny Gomes and the number 10 seed of Jim Morris. He of the rookie Dennis Quaid Disney fame Uh, Jim Morris did not perform very well in this bracket. (laughs) The House of Mouse. The House of Mouse uh, utterly obliterated. Johnny Gomes destroys Jim Morris, 88.3% of the vote, almost the same amount that Yandy Diaz got in his matchup, and unless over the monster, the Boston SB Nation uh, group also had a secret voting session for Johnny Gomes. This is a whole lot of votes for Johnny Gomes and a clear runaway victory for the man
0: we undersold johnny gomes due to the boston connection right he has a full side tattoo now Mm -hmm. dedicating his life to the 2013 boston red sox right he became mr red sox and now he's coaching in the diamondback system which is populated by a lot of former red sox staff right so in the current iteration Johnny Gomes is far less of a Tampa Bay man than he, than he was when he was in a Rays and Devil Rays jersey. But with that said, there are people who are Rays fans today who would say Johnny Gomes is probably their favorite player. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And those yeah. are the people who date back to the Devil Rays days, right? There is at least one team employee I've spoken to this last month who told me his favorite player to ever play for the team Personally was Johnny Gomes. And we put Johnny Gomes as a seven seed. Here's an instance where I'm willing to admit Kevin Cash, Yanni Diaz, I feel less guilty about. Johnny Gomes probably could have been higher than a seven seed. We had Delvin Young at a
2: six.
1: Yeah, you could rank Johnny Gomes above. One or two spots though. I I don't think I think he was
2: actually seated in the range. I think we talked him down a lot more than he deserved, but I think he, he is definitely a beloved type of guy. He is that kind of goofball guy. He's more in yeah. that Sam Fold type of like...
1: Yeah. He's maybe rightfully the, in the, the full champion. Kiro bracket. Oh, yeah. for sure. You don't rank him, though. I don't think you rank him above Sam Fold at five. And then you've got G-Man Troy at four. I mean, maybe Jose Canseco. Clearly, that's... We, we might have, we could have moved Jose him down Canseco. and moved. Move, moving...
2: It's all... You know what? I think it's close. I think sometimes it's just this is the way the brackets mm-hmm. roll out. And... Hey, a nice, easy 7-seed win. We shouldn't be complaining
0: about a 7 over a 10, though. Right? So tip the cap to Jim Morris, the rookie himself, who uh, deserved a better showing, in my humble opinion. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, in my humble opinion, it's time for the final matchup, the 2-versus-15 seed, the final matchup of the Rays' most beloved bracket of round one. Uh, We've got at number 2, Akinori Iwamura... Who's afraid of the 15,
0: big red bat?
1: And at number 15, we've got Davey Martinez. Who's afraid of the World Championship Washington Nationals? I don't mm. know. Yeah. Well, not Akinori Iwamora because he took the win with this one. 73% of the vote went to Akinori Iwamora. What do you guys think of that 73% figure?
0: Original Devil Ray, Dave Martinez.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: American League champion Davy Martinez as bench coach World Series champion with two organizations, the Cubs and the Nationals, and with recency bias in his favor. Davy Martinez should be the pride of race fans everywhere. He has been with us on the journey the whole way as a player and as a coach. He exists as one of the chief. Uh, coaches of the baseball ethos right now. He was front of mind throughout the 2020 season as a will-he-won't-he-succeed type. Uh, He overcame uh, that narrative and won it all. I don't know why anyone would not love Dave Martinez in this moment. I am not upset that he lost Akinori Iwamura. I think this is a fair seating of two versus 15. And Aki should win as a two. But part of me kind of feels like, 70-30 70-30 would have been a good result here. I don't know. Hmm.
1: Hmm.
2: Wow. I, don't, I just can't see... I can't see somebody going into that. As much as I love Dave Martinez, I can't see anybody voting against Akinori Uemura. Now, yeah. it's not so much voting against Davey. It's love Davey. Can, I just can't vote against Akinori Uemura. He has the most... He has the image of the most like important raised play, maybe. It's the it's like the like yeah. iconic thing. There could be a statue of that in a new stadium. Yeah, I I think you could have you could have matched maybe Davy Martinez up in a better matchup and maybe been a little bit more competitive. Um, but I think the way it's set up, Aki. I mean, that's a strong. He's the number two seed for a reason. He was this kind of um, like spark plug of a player, exciting player had the fun red bat, he had the flair. I think that's the thing with this folk hero bracket, if you look through the list, the people that won, there's flair, right? You have Johnny Gomes, just like a caricature, a cartoon coming right. to life.
0: My memories Not- of Johnny Gomes begin with him flying through the air to come yeah. on screen in a fist fight.
2: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Yandi Diaz is a, a again, another cartoon character come to life with a thousand watt smile. You have Guys like G-Man Choi, Sam Fold, there's a lot of panache to a folk hero, and I think Davey, he does it such like just such a classically good, smart manager, great guy. Doesn't have the panache of an Orie Amora, and I think Aki after, has that je ne sais quoi, just that that uh, that spark. That uh, yeah, Aki has the good face. That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> He's got good genes.
1: What? Yeah, that's the
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. His, you know, his
1: girlfriend his girlfriend's a 10.
2: For, for Davey, but uh, you know, I'm sure that World Series ring is gonna he'll be fine. He can he can survive this loss. Can Akinori beat Johnny Gomes in the next round? I'm really curious. I'm actually Kenny curious. Too. I think Gomes is gonna be favored. Fascinating. But yeah honestly, that's gonna be a fun matchup.
0: I think it's gonna yeah. be a fun one.
1: This bracket, the this were.
0: Zimmer region, the uh, the Zimmer dome, if you will, <laughs> is just a complete toss up for me. I it's can't.
1: wild. It's Howell and Johnson,
0: Fold and Choi, Cash and Diaz, Gomes and Iwamura. I don't know if we seated it well or not. I'm just here to say this entire section of the bracket is a toss up, and I am going to be fascinated
2: to follow it. When it comes to folk heroes, though, it's like the seeding doesn't matter. Like the the amount of like who's the best player, doesn't matter. There could just be one moment, and that's the thing that you are just like, forever, forever, that's my guy. So yeah, this is one of those ones where like the seeding, it's just like throw it out. It is just who is the person that resonates the most? Because it really is the, yeah, playing who has the best numbers. And this is you kind of throw the stats out with this one. This one's just that feel, that complete. You know, whatever that makes you feel alive in baseball, the romantic part of baseball comes alive in this bracket. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see who comes out of this because this is a, maybe the most wide open of all the brackets.
0: All right, boys. Well, let's call it there. This has been fun recapping the round one of voting and round two will come in the next couple of days. This podcast is dropping... Uh, The first week of July, we will have the voting on Twitter shortly thereafter, so stay tuned both to DRazeBay.com and also the at DRazeBay Twitter account. Those polls only stay open for 48 hours. Thank you, Twitter. So you got to get in while the getting's good. Uh, We had more than 500 responses on uh, this bracket. It was a lot of fun to get all these responses in and i'm looking forward to see how these next matchups shake out so until next time on behalf of darby and brett i am danny russell and thank you for listening to the hit show